Everyone dreams about living an uncommon life, but how we define that dream is very different for each of us. And for most, it's a lifelong pursuit. Welcome to the Uncommon Life Project Podcast. We're going to introduce you to people who are living that life or enjoying the journey to get there. We're going to also give you some tools, tricks, and tips for starting or accelerating your own efforts to live an uncommon life, a life worth celebrating and savoring. Please welcome your hosts, Brian Dewhurst and Philip Ramsey. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of the Uncommon Life Project. I am your host, Philip Ramsey. And I am Brian Dewhurst. I can't wait to get in the show, but here's why I'm excited is because this person that we have, I'll just kind of say his first name, his name is Scott, has this mindset shift that we are trying to get all of our clients to understand and adapt and adopt, I would say. And so this mindset is if you did what you love to do every day, when would you want to retire? And the answer is never. And so this person that we're on the show, let's introduce him. Brian, you do the intro way better than I do. So go ahead and intro him out. And also, I want to say thank you for rating, subscribing, and rating our podcast. It really means a lot. We're trying to get to 100 by the end of the year. Uh, We're getting close. So continue to do that. Um, Ask your parents to do it. Ask your kids to do it. Buy cell phones for your kids. Do what you got to do. We're getting to 100. Do what you got to do. (laughs) All right. I'm going to try not to go into radio voice here, but uh, we have on the show today, Scott Behrens, and it all started with an obstacle course gym, then the backyard courses with how-to videos. And I think you were calling it at that point, Backyard Ninja Kids. Um, You built videos, courses, and we ran all to encourage others to do the same. Encourage others around you. It's okay to fail. You don't need fancy equipment. Chase your goals and do what you love are the words that Scott Behrens lives by. And now he is running the business Ninja You. And anyway, I welcome to the show, Scott Barons, everybody. Welcome Thank you so Scott. much. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's great. Not only is that bio amazing, but you have a wife of 15 years. You have three kids, ages 12, 10, and four, and you foster. You're fostering an infant. So congrats, man. I think it's great. I love what you're doing. And you're getting on this craze of this American Ninja Warrior. That's, let's be honest, we all want to be on. We all want to be on it. <laughs> <laughs> and it, you it's did a blast. It I love it. <laughs> it's a blast. It's like a, you know, kid in a candy store for me. It's it's amazing, and it's just like, a, you know, jungle gym on steroids. Ah, oh, what a better definition. There's no better definition really than right. that. Yeah. So, how did you start down this path? When did you, you know, tell Lindsay like, hey, I, th- I got this idea. Um, <laughs> love you, but uh, hang on, here we go. Yeah. So it started about three years ago. Uh, my boys. Uh, you know, we're a little too shy to play team sports, but they were, you know, super athletic. We played all the sports in the backyard, um, but they didn't really want to sign up for anything. So I was literally struggling with that. At what point as a dad, do I force my kid into doing something mm-hmm. that I think he will like, or <laughs> do I just let him do what he wants to do? Uh, and I was literally struggling about that, you know, praying about that. And, uh, he came home from gym class and they were doing obstacle courses. And I thought, man, I loved obstacle courses. Um, you know, especially in gym class, gym class was my favorite subject in school and and recess. (laughs) You got got two brothers in that. That's right. So, uh, 
but yeah, so then we started making obstacle courses in the backyard. And for uh, literally years before that, my mother-in-law kept telling me, you should watch American Ninja Warrior. You would be good on this show. And, hmm. um, you know, to be honest, unfortunately, I didn't listen to my mother-in-law because it was another TV show and I don't like TV. And I just hmm. tuned it out because of that, unfortunately. And uh, so we just thought, well, man, this we watched American Ninja Warrior and we're like, wow, this is exactly that that's what we're doing in our backyard now and it kind of Mm -hmm. i mean it all kind of happened about the same time blended together yep and you know so my my boys were about nine and seven at the time and i wanted to teach them how to be a positive influence on social media Mm uh you know and be that light of the world and just go out and uh so about that time you know it all came together at the same time it was just kind of an aha like let's start this account called backyard ninja kids uh, and my wife actually hates our mission statement for some reason, <laughs> but it's to oh. encourage, educate, and engage kids of all ages. She thinks it's super cheesy and she's mostly accurate, but, uh, <laughs> but, it, but it's exactly that, you know, we didn't even say it's about ninja. We don't, you know, right. it's just about encouraging, educating, and engaging kids to get up yeah. and do something they couldn't do the day before. That's yeah. great. And now I want to be honest with you. So you work at a church, right? You love the Lord, your fellow brother. Love that, Scott. Yeah. And uh, so you were continuing to do that as you were building yes. Ninja U or Backyard uh, Kid, Ninja, Ninja. Kids. Yep. Um, yeah. So how did that play into, I think, I guess, Lindsay's, how you, that's your wife's name. Sorry, I don't know if I've mm-hmm. mentioned that. Yeah. Um, how you led her down this path. Did you... Was that a hard conversation? Was she on board from the beginning? Or, I mean, you never told her like, hey, I'm going to quit my job and do this 100%, but I'm going to slowly get this up and going. How did that process work for you two? Because I think there's a lot of things, and this is what we say on many, many other shows, is like without the support of your wife or your spouse, I don't know if you should go down these uncommon paths. And, and how to actually lead your wife or spouse, probably spouse is a better word, um, through that is I think an art and one that I think we can really learn from. So that's, I think, the point where I'm coming from this question. So talk through yeah. that point. Yeah, I think I'm still in the learning phase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But but realistically, it was, uh, you know, we all just kind of agreed it would be a good creative outlet for the boys. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and my vision was, you know, it could even be, uh, depending on where it all went, it could be a job for the boys in the future or... Um, you know, I didn't really have a lot of people were asking me early on, what, what about when they're not kids anymore? What are you going to call it? And I'm like, well, it's, you're a kid at heart. I don't know. I, <laughs> I feel know. like I'm a kid. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's just, uh, you know, so I, I wouldn't say that I thought too much ahead of it. I just thought this would be kind of cool. And, mm-hmm. um, but I think conversation wise, I, so I think my wife just kind of assumed it wouldn't, it wasn't going to amount to that much. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so the hobby. The hobby, it was just a hobby, you know, and a side project. And then it, it started consuming more and more time. And, um, you know, I wanted to kind of get regular schedules out there for videos and all that. That's obviously key. And, Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, then I'm waking up super early in the morning and, um, and my wife's, it was, it was more, um, my wife's dream and mission to want to foster. Um, so she was walking with, me and my vision and passion and I'm walking with her and her vision and passion and we're just kind of walking together Come and on. obviously they both love it impact each other and family and all that but um you know and we both fully support and agree with it um 
so, but that we also became foster parents that same year. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, looking back, it's, it's actually kind of crazy when you start thinking about all the stuff that we threw into our life that year. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it really hasn't slowed down since. So backyard, you started with backyard ninjakids.com, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then how much financially did you put into that? Cause I think that's probably the, where I think a lot of spouses are like, mm, what, <laughs> what, what's your yeah. passion again? Yeah. Um, yeah. honestly, hundreds of dollars at most. I mean, okay. we're not, not talking nice. a ton of money, nice. um, you know, camera and actually I think I even started the first few videos on my phone. I still record most of my videos on my phone. I bought a few cameras over the years. Um, but I mean, we're not talking much crazy. You know, YouTube channel, you don't, you don't need a whole lot. So that's uh, true. What I invested most in was time. Yep. Mm -hmm. Tons of time, creating graphics, creating videos, editing, all that. This is something that I think that Brian and I talk an extreme amount of is that was part of your history. That was part of your experience that you were good at is doing videos and media and content, right? With the church function. Uh, or maybe not. I don't know. Not, not necessarily. Kind okay. of. Okay. Um, so I'm actually an IT guy. So okay. uh, I make sure that the people who are good at videos, it can get on the projectors and uh-huh. across the network and all that. Gotcha. But, but I'm not great at the creative side, um, uh-huh. which has actually been really cool lately. I've been able to see my kids um, kind of explore that. that and adopt yeah. that. And they're way more creative than I am. Um, so that's been yet another cool piece that I kind of hoped for someday. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But you my, didn't force it. Exactly. My son, yeah. Ben. Yeah. I, you want to learn how to edit? No. Okay. <laughs> It'd be great if you did. You didn't save me time, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah. now, I mean, now he's waking up in the morning and he'll just go and, and edit. And like, Dad, I'm so excited to show you this video. Um, sure. You know, and he just does it because he wants to, not because it's a job. So that's pretty cool. That's right. great. What an experience what, for him too, for sure. Like in our podcast, we talk about the seven sources of residual income. And I think, you know, my kids, we all have kids that are kind of similar ages, but uh, my kids are big into YouTube. We actually started a YouTube channel for my son. And it's, it's kind of, um, you know, he's just something he didn't continue with. But can you walk our listeners through the shift from this being a hobby to like a business or, or monetizing this and like, what those different milestones were, where where you were getting income from or what you were trying to drive to step into this as a progression. Yeah. Um, so again, I never really had a long-term goal, um, but I would say back here in Ninja Kids really hasn't made us much money, I would say, mm-hmm. um, but it did make us well-known in the Ninja community, which then, you know, my kids were able to be on American Ninja Warrior Junior probably because of that. Sure. I was able to be on Ninja Warrior probably because of that. We were able to open a ninja gym probably because of that. Sure. Um, so it just kind of snowballed, right? The mm-hmm. opportunities. Um, but I would say, um, you know, you have to have hundreds of thousands of views to start making a decent m- amount of money on YouTube. Sure. Um, but the uh, I will say we are super niche, right? We are, you know, kid focused and ninja focused. So Mm -hmm. I have a ton of ninja kids and families following our channel. That's good. Sure. Being that niche, if, if a company's out there, which there aren't a ton, but if companies out there trying to market to ninja families, Mm -hmm. um, you're the guy I'm, I'm a pretty good target. Mm -hmm. So we have, you know, 
we haven't got money, but we have got obstacles and, you know, ninja holds and different things to, sure. uh, you know, do product with. reviews on, you sure. know, sure. Um, so not a ton, but you know, it's, it's starting. It's been, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's so counter to what people think when you start a business is niching down. And I love that you did that. And it's scary to do that because you always want to have this broad stroke of all the people that you can. Uh, But niching down is actually a very smart thing. So kudos to you. Yeah. Going through that. Yeah. Um, Oftentimes I wonder if I'm too niche sometimes, right? Yeah, I get it. I get it. It can be bigger, but at the same time. Yeah. And I think you have to build off of something. So do one thing great, niche, 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 and then you can start kind of opening up that market. So when did you start going into Ninja U? That's like your gym. Yeah. That's your physical presence. Yeah. So that, stuff like that. Yep. So, um, uh, long story short, I actually, ever since I was a kid, I wanted to open a gym. Oh, cool. So I actually went to college as a personal training major. Huh. Um, I wanted to open a gym being a, a personal trainer, uh, halfway through, I changed, did a 180, went to computer science, <laughs> yes. most, mostly due to jobs and opportunities and realistic, sure. like, am I really going to open a gym in my twenties and yeah, all that? Right. Um, and then fast forward, you know, so, uh, it's crazy to see how, you know, this doors open and here it comes, yeah. you know, that passion comes back and I've always been into fitness. And, um, so then, uh, so, I mean, part of back your ninja kids was like, wow, we got to you know, do this in our backyard. But then the first gym we went to, um, was about, uh, you know, the closest gym was a handful of hours away four or five hours away. Uh, so we finally went to a trip to St. Louis, went to a gym down there and we just absolutely loved it. Mm-hmm. That's when it was kind of like, I think, could our area be big enough? Could we do this? Sure. Uh, so then the wheels started like kind of turning for sure as a reality then you know, obviously it, it popped up early on of, could we do a gym and, you know, do we want that yeah. for our family? But it wasn't until we went to one that really, it made it click. Did you go to that gym with the intention of like seeing if this would be something for your family and community, or did you just go to it? Like, we're just into ninja just stuff. Just a ninja. Ooh. Yeah. Just yep. a ninja. Okay. Yep. Just a ninja. We didn't go in with a business mindset at all. We didn't try to you know, re-engineer it, reverse engineer anything. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, we just went to go have fun and fun we had. So we're like, <laughs> wow, I want this for other kids and families, you know, and yeah. it's it, yeah. awesome. You know, and it's funny. Drive four hours to do it again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where are you located, Scott? Cedar Falls, Iowa. Cedar Falls. Wonderful. Yeah. And I love that you did, you didn't really even care. Like you were just that passionate about what you wanted. You didn't really even do that much market research. Just like, let's build it and let's hope they come. And yeah, so, kind of. I mean, obviously, we we wanted to be smart with our resources, but um, yeah, we uh, we figured we were big enough, and you know, most of the gyms were only in major cities or you know, like Minneapolis, you know, St. Louis, sure, uh, Chicago. Uh, those were the three closest. So, right. but, so we were pretty small compared to those, but we thought, mm-hmm. you know, I think there's enough, you know, families around here and all that. How do you? choose your partners that you want to partner with and something that you're so passionate about. And you know, that probably you can't do it on your own. Yes. That was the number one thing was, I knew I did not want to do it on my own. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, not only because I learned from backyard ninja kids that, um, you know, social media presence never ends number one. Um, and then once you have doors open to a business, uh, when I go on vacation, I want someone else that could take that emergency call that's Mm -hmm. local, you know? 
Um, but I knew our families would have to click. And uh, I don't know, I would say I, I almost kind of like silently somewhat interviewed people <laughs> and talked to the about the business just to kind of see were they interested and why were they interested and how are they interested? Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that was, that was a struggle for me of like, um, you know, cause you kind of start opening the door of like, Ooh, maybe this could work. And then when I realized, like, I don't think it, we would click very well, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just to kind of have that conversation, like, you know what, I don't think it's going to work out. Yeah. <laughs> you totally. know, that was really hard for me. I'm not a, confrontational person and it felt confrontational even though it was mm-hmm. probably more me but sure. um but it was definitely hard but i i knew i needed to pick the right person long term for my family and for the business mm-hmm. um and someone who is somewhat opposite of me mm-hmm. uh you know big picture even though i'm in front of the camera and you know i can kind of talk as an it guy <laughs> compared to other it guys sure. yeah. i uh, i'm naturally an introvert so I needed someone that's not necessarily introverted and um, is, you know, used to businesses or, you know, so, um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I don't necessarily have a great answer, but I knew I just had to uh, pick the right person for our family and, you know, pray about it and, you know, finally found the right person. Yep. And you yeah. have three other partners and yourself. Uh, two other two. partners. Yep. Two three other partners. Total. Okay. Three, three total. total. Yep. There it is. Okay. Yep. Cool. Yep. And then what is your hours in the day? Since you obviously work at the church, what is like a typical day look like hours wise for you? Are you like waking up at five, coming back at 11 o'clock at night? <laughs> yeah. Through that. Yeah. That was literally the schedule for a while. Um, waking Ugh. up super early, staying up super late. It was more like staying up until two or three and then going to work at seven or eight. Mm. And uh, as we're building out the gym and doing it all over again, that was about sure you know, a solid six to six months to a year of our oh life. My. Uh, so that was a, that was a long sprint, uh, probably six months realistically. Um, so that was a long haul, uh, very taxing obviously, but now I've actually, as of May, I dropped to three quarter time at the church, uh, which has really helped, uh, mostly give me back some family time and that added less pressure, I guess. Sure. Um, you know, my church job is very flexible and I'm grateful for that. So I can kind of come and go as needed, which is Mm -hmm. also a huge benefit for my business. That's only like five blocks away from my job. And, but so now my day kind of looks like I, I come to work for, you know, anywhere from, you know, four to 10 hours at orchard, you know, and then, Mm Um, most evenings, uh, I'm available for the gym and, uh, I only coach a couple nights, but then, you know, weekends are big weekends are usually busy at the gym. Um, and then I'm available the other nights to kind of come in as needed or come help coach or whatever's, whatever's needed. Sure. Sorry. I'm like blowing you up, Brian. I'm like just pounding him with questions. So how is your marriage in your, in that six month period when you're long hours and where were you at in the foster care? Yeah. Um, yeah. So the hardest part was when, uh, you know, you get a a newborn baby and the baby, um, due to circumstances is born super early and Mm -hmm. they need to be bottle fed every few hours. And and Uh it's not, it's not just shove the bottle in the mouth, right? It's like, you have to hold them 
a certain way. Otherwise they choke mm. and, you uh-huh. know, so. Was way- that the same time period? Mm-hmm. Shut your mouth. Wow. I know, right? Shut your mouth. <laughs> so, and my wife is a saint and mostly took care of the babies at night. And, mm. and I mean, during the day, I mean, I mean, you know, yeah. uh, in there, yeah, realistically, you know, um, cause it's not all sunshine and rainbows. Right. Um, right. cause in order to get a rainbow, you had to have a storm of some sort, <laughs> but, sure. uh, um, but yeah, there was definitely tough where it was almost like, why am I chasing my passion? You know, I talked about the two passions and sure. we're helping each other, but then it kind of felt like we were pulling each other apart. And we are each chasing our own passions, yet we both needed each other, yet yeah, right. we're going in different directions almost. Yeah. Um, and then you throw the, you know, kids in there that, you know, yeah, you're spending time with them yeah. as you're building the gym and they're at the gym with me, you know, yeah. sweeping the floor, but that's not quality family time. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's kind of like, like Jim Gaffigan said, it's kind of like you're drowning and then somebody throws you four babies. Exactly. <laughs> exactly right. Um, so that was definitely some of the hardest period of my life. Huh? Sure. Uh, you know, but, um, yeah, I mean, somehow we were able to just push through and, um, you know, point out and have a conversation about, are we walking in different directions and what do we need to fix this and resolve mm. this? And, nice. um, which are hard conversations. Cause it was almost like, well, which one of us are going to drop passions or change? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh. So what did you learn in that and where are you at? How did you resolve that? What did you guys end up deciding? Yeah. I mean, I, there's not like an aha thing, you know, that I can share outside of, you know, uh, stay patient, keep having those conversations and, Mm -hmm. uh, make sure you're actually doing something to resolve the problem. Mm -hmm. Um, it doesn't, it's not going to happen overnight. You know, I would say even me backing off three quarter time finally in May, almost a year after we opened the doors of the gym and almost two years after, you know, getting the building, um, you know, I would say that is the point when, you know, it was kind of like, wow, we're constantly trying to get to a point where we want to be. Mm-hmm. We're still not fully there, um, mm-hmm. but to find that balance. But that was another huge step of like, well, I'm going to take a reduction and pay at the church, but it's going to be worth it. Yeah. Longer. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of micro things across uh, and some bigger things across that, the timeframe there that you have to, you know, keep, keep working towards the goal. Yeah. I think too, you know, we meet with a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners and can you talk about how God expanded your capabilities? Not only you, but sounds like your wife, you know, and we get a lot of people that like, I want to try something, but you know, kind of that limiting belief or fear mindset. How did God expand you as a leader and as a husband and as a father through this to kind of handle these these waves? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I would say it's been pretty insane to look back and assume why God did certain things in my life. You know, you never fully know. But um, so I actually had a very well paying IT job at a local university, University Mm -hmm. of Northern Iowa. Um, and, uh, I took another job that was a slight pay cut to go back to working for an IT firm, uh, then which prepared me for a pay cut and then took a massive pay cut to go work for the church. Right. So, uh, that was one little increment of, 
my journey of how God kind of prepared our family for this, where it's going to be another shift in money, change in money, and um, how you just have to let go mm-hmm. and uh, trust. Um, you know, I I mean, it's not just like throwing darts in in the dark. Obviously, right. um, it's it's a plan that we knew was right. But even though it's, you feel like sometimes you're like, is this really right? Um, and I, I honestly explained going into the business of like, I was literally, all these doors were opening, found the right business partner, found the right building, found the, oh my gosh, everything. And I'm like, I'm still going, eh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. yeah, this is a massive, cause it's a massive commitment and I'm just such a overthinker. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why my business partner's key. Cause he can just make decisions in the blink of an eye. Um, and, and, and they're good decisions, you know, mm-hmm. and that's who I needed. But, um, so I literally explain it as if I'm still in the doorway, like holding <laughs> on and, yeah. and finally God just, you know, drop kicks me, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sends me through Donkey, the door. Donkey yeah. kicks you through the door. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and it's like, okay, yeah. you're just going to go then if, if I have to force you. Um, and it's, it's been good, but, um, and then I would say, you know, uh, looking back, you know, some people in my life thought I was crazy, literally almost taking a 50% pay cut to come work at the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and they might be partially accurate. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, the, our church is very leadership focused mm-hmm. and training up the next generation of leaders. And I will admit that over the last nine years working at the church, it's insane. The leadership training I've gotten, I've had over the years just by, I mean, almost organically, just because of how the church functions. Yeah. Just refining uh, to refining yeah, process. Yeah. yeah. And we host a leadership conference and different things, but um, yeah, I, so that has all just, you know, prepared me to be sure. this business owner that, you know, has the right focus, hopefully. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, it, I'm not a hundred percent focused on the money. I'm right. focused, uh, also on the people, both my employees and the people that come into the gym and how we can change their life. For sure. And they are going to come to you so you can impact them and they're looking for guidance. They're looking for coaching. Yeah. It's just a cool story. It's like your mission field, yet the people are just coming in in droves, letting yeah. you be missional. Yeah, <laughs> they're paying you to be missional. Pretty sweet. <laughs> Pretty sweet. Yeah. Nice. I can totally relate to you know both my sons kind of not done the traditional sports route, but we have Olympic rings in our basement. We yeah. actually just bought some kind of ninja uh, related um, holds, if you will, to put in the basement, awesome. create a course and. Uh, so we've kind of pushed into that a little bit and we're actually pretty close to you. So I can't wait to, to get our boys into your gym too. So wow, that's awesome. Uh, what are you looking forward to? You know, what, what's on the horizon for Ninja U and your family? What are you excited about? Uh, I think I'm honestly excited for, it sounds crazy, but the, the, almost the unknown where I don't know where it's all going to go, but I know it's, I mean, I feel richly blessed and I feel like, you know, it's going to continue to, you know, blossom into something. And I don't know what that is. I'm kind of walking with the hands open a little bit, whether it's other locations, um, you know, or, um, who knows? I mean, there, we have a list of all kinds of things we'd love to do with our community. Um, I mean, yeah, the, 
I would say it's kind of a cheesy answer, but I'm kind of excited. No, I'm so glad you answered it that way because we talk about this all the time. And I think in terms of faith, God wants us to be uncomfortable, you know, <laughs> like he wants to be, you know, Philip and I talk a lot about the Indiana Jones where he takes the the step of faith, you know, in the invisible <laughs> bridge or whatever. And um, that's where God wants us to be like in our default state. And I'm so glad you said that because there's such a peace about what you're saying. I'm like, I don't know where we're going, but I trust God and I'm having a blast. And you don't fear that unknown anymore. I, I guess is what I'm gathering from the way you answer yeah. that question. I, I try not to. I try. Yeah, there it is. I, mean, I mean, obviously, you know, I think there's of doubts. like, yeah, exactly. And I kind of think of like, well, what if there's recession? Are people going to have extra money for this sport that's still up and coming is the sport. What if the TV show fails? Is that going to impact? You know, I definitely mm-hmm, sure. have those mm-hmm. uh, right. worries, but um, which I think is smart no, as a natural owner right. and natural. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, but at the same time, you know, there's going to be opportunities out there that make me uncomfortable and right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. try to at least walk into them a little bit. Yeah. I think so often too, we meet, you know, we just meet lots of people. I'm sure you do too. And just that, that balance of being comfortable and content, I would say as a Christian, and then taking these, I don't want to say leaps of faith, you know, but basically stepping out in faith to pursue these types of things that you feel God's calling you to, that dichotomy of those two worlds is very interesting, you know, and, and being able to push in with your faith, with God in the middle of your marriage and your business, and trusting that unknown, I think is just I think it's something profoundly unique and uh, I'm just so encouraged by the way you're sharing that, you know, and And the reward, the reward is that you get to use your gifts to be, to do something you're passionate about. And that is attractive to other people. It's just, it just is. There's a lot of people that just go to, you know, we, we say Wells Fargo, poor guys, but they just drive to Wells Fargo every day and they're just waiting for retirement. They're going to be saving this nest egg because they get that 4% match. Sure. And at the end of the day, they are hating their life for 60 years until they can get to this unknown number that they can have enough money to then live off of it for the rest of life. And then they're going to do something they're passionate about. Right. And for Brian and I, it's like, wow, like you're, I think you're missing the boat. I think there's an attitude or there's a mind shift change where you can start taking these, uh, I'd say, wise, um, discerning steps towards what you're excited about as you did. Right. And I think you're right. When you said, you know, I took a step back in pay, mm-hmm. but that was all preparing you for going into this whole ninja world, mm-hmm. this ninja university that yeah. you're going into, because if you were making a really good salary, the chasm is too deep. The chasm is too big that mm-hmm. you can't even cross over. You can't even see like, how, how would I get paid? How would I support my family? Blah, 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 blah. And sometimes we almost have these, I call them golden handcuffs on. <laughs> For, for people that, you know, going to the nine to five and they make a lot of money yeah. for other people yeah. and they're using their gifts, but not fully for the kingdom, I say, but yeah, um, yeah, it's no, exactly. really, I'm actually grinning ear to ear. Cause I mean, you're literally stealing the words out of my mouth, the, the golden handcuffs at, uh, you know, the university, mm-hmm. they're, they're really nice handcuffs. They yeah, <laughs> are. Uh, you know, it's almost like, do I, do I keep grinding this out because you don't get paid a ton at the university, but you, the benefits are insane. Uh, insane. Um, yeah. The matching and all that. So for me to, uh, uh, and I look back at that when I went back to that other IT firm that I first, I, so I worked at this IT firm, went to the university, went back to that IT firm, then the church. Well, when I went back to the IT firm, 
um, I, that little bump in pay was exactly what you're talking about. If I would have went straight from the university to the church, I think it would have been such a drastic change. I, I would have said no, uh-huh. um, but because of, and I was only at that IT firm for like a year, but you know, and then, then, you know, we're having those conversations of like, wow, have I changed jobs? Like, mm-hmm. you know, three times in two years, this is probably not great for my resume. This is not great for <laughs> yeah. me and my family. Yeah. And yeah. we had to have those conversations. So, mm-hmm. that's really but, cool, man. But you're right. When the, when the change is so great, it's a, it's such a hard decision. Yeah. yeah. Well, I love it that Brian says, you know, we have this drum beat inside of us, the Jumanji drum beat inside of us. I love that you listen to it and then you acted on it. Um, I, so in my personal devotion, we're going, I'd say our church too, is going through Joshua. And, uh, it's at the point where they need to cross over to the promised land. And, uh, basically God tells Joshua to rally the troops. You're going across the river and it's in flood season. And so the river is like overflowing its banks. And, and Joshua still rides the trip and says, we got to go. It's interesting. They have to step their feet in water before, before it breaks. Does that make sense? And, and God stops the river from flowing down. Yeah. But it's interesting because I feel like myself and a lot of other people would be doubting it the whole time, even to the point like, I'm not, t- I'm not putting my feet in. Like, that's not a good decision. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yet God, he parts the water. Like he stops the water and, yeah. and the joy that they get to see what God does through them and through other people to step into the promised land is very neat. And so my question to you is when do you want to retire from what you're doing currently? <laughs> yeah. I, retire from what I think is, you know, the question I have back is, I mean, I, I love what I do and, uh, it, and I'll be honest. Uh, so this is, I'm going to try not to go down a rabbit trail here, but Um, when I was at the university, I was stuck on retiring at 50. That was literally my goal and those those golden handcuffs allowed it. And it's to the, it was so bad, uh, to be honest, it was to this day, uh, I don't handle our bank stuff for my family. Mm. Um, and I purposely only look at my investments once the year in Mm. January and then, then I'm out. Um, so it's to that point where I had to, um, just back away because that, mm. that was my only goal was to retire and then do what I have no clue. <laughs> but, uh, and my, that was often the question for my wife, what are we yeah. saving for? And I'm like, yes. what you is know, about? I mean, yes. duh, retirement, yeah. Yeah. but, uh, now, uh, now, man, I, I leave the gym, you know, I left the gym last night at like, uh, midnight and man i just i was filled you know i got to talk with people i got to train with people i got to train my you know my my kids and you know their teammates and man i just leave just filled that's Um, so cool so yeah i don't know what i want to retire from first Um, that's right that's right uh, yeah we'll see i want to talk about this because this has kind of been profound and and my walk with with jesus and just uh the growth of our business and relationship with philip and i but I heard, you know, you hear about the yoke is light. And I never really understood that. And there's things that we've tried to do in our business where I feel like I was forcing it and it just went horribly wrong. And now there's things that we're trying to do and it's just like freakishly easy. Mm-hmm. And I've really been praying and reflecting on just the yoke is light when you're in alignment with God. And just so many different things that you've said in our, in our short time today 
was just like, you know, you just kept walking through doors and they were open. And it was just, I get this feeling that the yoke was just light with the path that God has put you on. And you, you trusted that. And as a business owner, does any of that resonate with you or can you speak into that? Well, yeah, just for, I'll just speak to that quick, Scott, sorry to jump in, but like just yesterday you left the gym at 12 o'clock at night or in the morning and, and you were fulfilled. Like a lot of people hear that as like, I don't want to work that hard but you love what you do. Mm-hmm. So are you working or are you actually just being filled? So yeah. that to me is like that yoke when it's, yeah, that's work, but you enjoy it. Anyway, so go ahead, Scott. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, you know, last night I, because of the schedule, you know, I, I had to drive my boys home and then come back to the gym, you know, say goodnight and then go back to the gym. Right. So I made the sacrifice of not being home with my family. Right. So that's, uh, and putting my boys to bed. <clears throat> But uh, at the same time, yeah, I, I was filled from the gym. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know how to answer that question. But uh, I, I mean, I can just think of so many things, exactly what you're saying. Once you kind of step into it, you know, I mentioned I was stuck in that door until I got kicked through it. And I mean, there were so many things. Well, I'll just give one example of like where we literally paused, uh, my business partner and I that were working on the building that night. So just empty warehouse looking building. It was actually a shoe store before us. And we were trying to figure out where to put the warped walls. Okay. They're 14 feet in the air. Well, we realized, um, we started like, we, we kind of made out the plan. Then we started building stuff and we realized, wait, what's going on? The ceiling's not tall enough. And, <laughs> but we already measured it. We thought for sure we measured it. Well, we did. And the the ceiling actually slopes. We didn't realize. Oh my! Jeez. So where we put the warped wall, it was still like perfect, the perfect height. You can't quite climb on top of the fourteen foot wall, but it's still high enough for one. And where we where we almost put the warped wall, we were almost going to flip flop this. But uh, the front of the building, we actually had we built a mezzanine in there, and that's where the ceiling's actually higher. So huh. we were almost going to flip-flop this whole thing. And I mean, there's kind of an aha moment of like, wait, the, the ceiling literally, and there's actually a drop in trusses too. It like literally hmm. drops one foot at a certain point. And that's exactly where we happen to build the mezzanine size. And we're just like, we look at each other like, How, this is not, wow. <laughs> this is not normal. That's so cool. This, this was planned. Um hmm. You know, it was, we just paused and we, I, I, I think we literally paused and just said a prayer because it was like, holy cow, we can't, oh, that's cool. we, we can't even, you know, it's like one in the morning, it's pitch black. Yeah. We're, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we're trying to paint. I think we were painting the ceilings when it kind of hit us. Wow. Um, and we're like, wow, this is, that's cool. this is nuts. Well, we're I have cool. w- one more quick question because we're kind of running out of time. And then Brian and I do a competition every month. It would be fun to go up there and do a, <laughs> a ninja competition <laughs> like that. Um, but how did you do in the American Ninja Warrior when you were on? Uh, I did okay. Um, so the first night I got the buzzer, uh, got the warped wall, hit the buzzer. So then you record wow. uh, that city qualifiers. I was on so season 11 this past year, in and that's Tacoma, Minneapolis, Tacoma. Tacoma, yep. okay. Tacoma, Washington is where uh, they selected me to go. So after the first night, this qualifiers, and then you go to city finals the next night. Um, 
And that one I did well enough to qualify for Vegas. Wow. So the Vegas finals. So then I went to the Vegas finals and totally made a rookie mistake on stage one out of four. And uh, my season has ended. But at the same time, I had an incredible experience. Um, And yeah, it was, uh, uh, man, it's humbling being able to just be out there and be healthy enough. I mean, to be honest, I'm, I'm 38 you know, to be healthy enough to be out there competing with 19 year olds. And, um, you know, I'm not making excuses. I'm being grateful for the health I have. Sure. Uh, Absolutely. So will you go back on it or is that done for you? I don't know how it works. Yeah. Yeah. So I will apply again. Everyone has to apply Mm -hmm. and there's about 70 to 80,000 applicants. I believe, wow. And they choose 600. So, hmm. well, Brian uh, and I are two of those. So, I mean, exactly. <laughs> you should probably be beating us. <laughs> 598 left. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's like, you know, I don't want to, but, you know, I was like a big baseball guy or tennis, and it's, you know, you can make a mistake in those sports and you get another crack at bat or, or whatever. This sport, it's kind of like, man, you make that mistake. It's, see, you, you're going home. Yep. Yeah, I mean, exactly. and just that all that time for the year to train and be ready for that, just the moment and to not, and then you're getting new obstacles thrown at you. You've got water involved. You've got all these other, you know, the lights got videos on you. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. I was going to say that's, that's usually the the killer is the pressure. And that's what got to me in Vegas. Um, It was the time they had a time limit and um, I didn't practice enough courses timed in that amount of time. So I just rushed it. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was my rookie mistake. But, but yeah, you're right. They they walk you through the obstacles and then they say, okay, so-and-so's first, let's go. And that's the first time you see them, you know? Giddy so up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Game on. They they walk you through them and someone demos it and they say, go. Jeez. Wow. Well, how do our listeners and uh, I guess the listeners that you're inviting to this, how do they get a hold of you? What's, you know, if they want to get involved, tell them how they yeah. reach out to you. Absolutely. So, I mean, if you just go to any social media platform and type in backyard ninja kids or even Google, um, you know, our videos will come up and our Instagram account and all that. Uh, we post, uh, almost every day on Instagram and we try to do a weekly video on YouTube at least. Um, and then we, we also send those posts to Facebook. So, uh, but yeah, otherwise ninja, you Cedar falls, Iowa, I'd love for everyone to come and try it out and just, uh, Come have fun with this new up and coming sport. It's a blast. I love it. Very cool. I love it. Very cool. Like I again, I can't thank you enough for one, listening to the drum beat inside of you, and then just passionate about what you do and impacting others. Cause what you're doing is bigger than you. And I think that you are doing exactly what your mission statement is, although I think uh Lindsay would cringe at that. But <laughs> um thanks again for just your time. Thank you for Lindsay for the support that you're giving uh Scott, your husband, and uh Yeah, you've been listening to the Uncommon Life Project, and I am your host, Philip Ramsey. And I'm Brian Dewhurst. Thank you for listening. Have a good night. Thank you, guys. That's all for this episode of the Uncommon Life Project, brought to you by Uncommon Wealth Partners. Be sure to visit UncommonWealth.com to learn more about our services. Don't miss an episode as we introduce you to inspiring people who are actively pursuing an uncommon life.